Hey everybody, glad to have you with us. This is a brief note before we start this week's show. This episode was recorded with the activist, comedian, and write-in politician Isaiah Wagner back in August. The weekly show is now back in season as Broken Class, but this is one of the three episodes that were recorded in the summer before we made the name change. Soon we'll feature a snack entrepreneur named Dirtball and a Black Panther leader named Aaron Dixon. But Isaiah is running one of the most vigorous write-in campaigns Eugene has ever seen, I think. And with Election Day right upon us, here's our long-form discussion about a bunch of topics, which are conveniently time-stamped on both YouTube and in your podcast app. While we do get to chat about Mr. Wagner's campaign ideas and his acknowledgement of problematic comments he's made in the past, I also want to highlight that he has most recently appeared on Aisha Elliott's podcast and Facebook Live video, Black Girl from Eugene. They go into these topics in a more revealing and in-depth way than I think I was able to facilitate, so I do recommend checking that out, especially if you're thinking critically about your ballot options in the city of Eugene. Without further ado, here is my redundant intro about when this was recorded. This podcast was recorded on August 12th, 2020. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and people outside the binary. This is Less Stupid with Thomas Huda, a show that's completely uncut, uncensored, and untethered from a lot of the BS of the world. And there's like a really ample amount of BS. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, this is my friend Isaiah Wagner. Isaiah has been... Gosh, you probably already know about who Isaiah is on some level, or you've heard some stuff about him. He has been an activist who who has been outspoken for local Black Lives Matter events. Um, with with his tenure previously as a Black Unity leader, um, but also beyond that as well, um, he is a father. He is somebody who has a background in in comedy, and just welcome to the show. How you doing? Oh well, I appreciate that so much, and. Thank you for the, um, thank you for the really, the the generous words you 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 said about me. I appreciate that. I'm doing really well. Awesome. My name is uh, Isaiah Wagner, and I just want to say I'm here because because of my father, and I'm here because of my mother, my family, and and my family fighting on. Beautiful. Well, the first question I always ask people, and I didn't tell you I was going to do this, is what is a controversial opinion that you have? about anything whatsoever a controversial opinion i have about anything probably black lives matter <laughs> and what's your opinion then what's your take the real black lives matter take i'm just saying it's controversial to the all lives matter contrast Agreed. so it's just crazy that our lives it shouldn't be controversial but they are so, um, um, to just be politically correct with, uh, with, with what we're talking about here. <laughs> yes. Cause you know, on a long form podcast, we have to be very politically correct. You can't say anything wrong. Some people jump out at you. No, but what I'm, refer what I referenced to about, you might've heard some stuff is that this is a person who has been one of the most talked about people in Eugene and in Lane County and on local news posts, uh, on Facebook and whatnot, People weighing in as if they know exactly what they're talking about, as if they like they were at the event when uh, you were hit by a vehicle, and so they are like, "What were you doing in the street?" You know, uh, like to play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like these are these are narratives that are being pushed 
not just about you, but by other people and uh, about other people in Lane County, about other activists. And I want to shout out my friend, Patty Rose, who does a podcast called spent the rent podcast, because he had you on and you had basically discussed at length what the hell happened at that children's March. Um, so I don't need Patty. Yeah. He's a good person. I don't need to rehash that all now, but people who, who, uh, want to hear the play-by-play, the step-by-step, all the things that you were doing to make sure safety was in place. You not even wanting to go back onto the road to go back through that traffic circle. Instead saying, let's take the bike path, you know? Um, I thought that was really interesting. But would you want to briefly, because we gotta, we got to give my people some context. What happened when you were in the traffic circle and you saw a vehicle approaching? Can you lay that out briefly? Um, I'd rather. So I've I've given so many statements and, and testimony statements, and I don't want to reenact exactly what happened. Um, that could uh, be different from the testimony statement that I've given. So uh, pretty much the stuff that I said on the, what what happened with the events, I think, are pretty clear. I want to kind of address the the play stupid games, win stupid prizes, don't be <laughs> in the streets. You know, it's just, it's just a lot of folks that really don't lack. Um, they lack a lot of empathy. Uh, they lack lack a lot of self awareness. Hmm. The bottom line is nobody. They think nobody cares until it happens to them, and then all of a sudden they care a great deal. Hmm. And that's what they have to get over. They have to get over the fact that. It didn't happen to them. They're on the outside looking, and this, you know, this is what happens when you do this because it could have been you, possibly, in that position, you know. And what would you want somebody to say when you were in that position? Would you want them to believe you? Which you don't always have to necessarily believe. Questioning is always a good thing. We should always question. And and if we're not taught to question, then what are we really here for? What is our purpose? So definitely question. Sure. But if the truth is told, the truth is told. If the witnesses are there, the witnesses are there. And violations were handed out for a reason. Yes. Um, because a crime was committed. The fact is this. Travis admitted to... All the violation, taking the wrong turn, not stopping for a pedestrian, um, making contact with me. He said he stated that leaving the scene of the crime stated that, and then he also stated the fact that when he came home, he he called the police. Now I try to remind everybody: <laughs> <clears throat> when you go home after a long day, when you get home, what is the first thing you do? Do you call the police on yourself? <laughs> Absolutely not, because nine times out of ten, you didn't create or commit a crime. So if nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand, <laughs> you know. Well, absolutely, absolutely. So um, he told on himself the whole way through, and um, the the facts are pretty much laid out as such. Right. Like I said, the bottom line is this: don't tell me you love america and no place else don't tell me you love all lives when i'm out there with first amendment rights that are part of the constitution 
that Damn right. people talk about all of the time, the constitutional rights they have, because as soon as gun policy comes up, the gun holders will, will preach a second amendment right, which yep. I'm all for as well. Mm. But where are you at when I'm a when I'm a, an American citizen protesting my first amendment right? Where is that same excitement that you have with, with the second amendment right? Your views are skewed. If you're about the amendments and the rights, you would be standing with us. You would be saying this isn't right, and you'd be out there with us. Don't have that energy when it comes to the Second Amendment right, right. but then fall short on the energy when you have a First Amendment right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, you know, going up there on and such. Mm. So, 13th. Where are you at with it? You know, mm. is this just a pick and choose? Because this is what it's starting to seem like. It's a pick <laughs> and choose of which amendments you f- you hold to be more valuable than other. Well, what I specifically see when I talk about people who critique you, because first of all, mm-hmm. it's very rarely to your face <laughs> in person. Yes. Uh, and it's also typically in spaces where um it's happening in a, as a group so social media the comments of a local news article certain facebook groups where people have already are put on like the threads of posts that are already critiquing you and people yeah. are already piling on and i feel like specifically when i see all these local news articles about this case that went to a grand jury and the grand jury didn't bring any charges but then epd just brought citations for reckless driving and going the, making the wrong tur- turn in a traffic circle Wrong way around about about right. Right. careless driving careless. and um, failing to uh, stop for a pedestrian. Right. And they also missed uh, what which I believe should be uh, speeding as well because right. there was a, in a residential over, area. In a residential area, sure. it, that's clear cut right. of him speeding away from the traffic scene. Right. And even speeding his way through to to try to cut across. Yeah, and um, so there's so many layers of <laughs> removal from reality in my opinion it's first of all i don't trust you know i think they try they're trying but i don't trust the information i get from from local news you know uh local news quote unquote um you know if they've got video they got interviews it's pretty good but usually their articles are really short and um you know we'll leave out certain things we'll play up certain narratives so upwards of 90% of people who are even reacting to or commenting on a link are not reading the whole article. Um, right, they right. might just be reading the little biased uh, tag caption, caption <laughs> that that the uh, KVAL, KMTR, KZI right, puts on right. there. Um, and, you know, they might not even do that. And so, um, like, you know, I, I kind of... I like to get in those little arguments sometimes. Some people who are my friends on Facebook know that. They probably see in my feed, oh, Thomas Huter, I commented on a thing again. Because, like, people are literally saying, let's start a GoFundMe for this person who hit you with the car. <laughs> like, let's, you know, people like, people, I literally have seen people saying that. I don't think they're going to do it. But, and then getting, like, getting validation and love for that. And I'm, And I literally commented, like, even if you take away the collision, in what world should we incentivize and reward going the wrong way in a traffic circle? <laughs> That's, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, like I said, the citations prove that there was a crime committed. Right. Um, and folks need to... Folks are proven time and time again that this is a race issue. Mm. They're proving it time and time again because if yeah. it wasn't a race issue... They didn't issue, believe 50 people of it, color. Exactly. If it wasn't a race issue, 
you know, you look at the witnesses at hand. You would look at the testimonies that were given. You'd look at the story of myself. Right. Um, I mean, my character alone. Or even 50 people allied with people of color. I believe my character alone during this whole protest um, for the things that I've done, not maybe the things I've said, Mm -hmm. because I haven't always said the right things. Sure. I'm always going to make 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 mistakes, and mm. uh, you know, sometimes I say damaging things that hurt people. That you know, there's a reality. I'm real. I, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a I'm a honest person who says what 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 comes to his mind and and what comes to his heart, and I try not to. Um, I I try not to live in such a censored world. It's so tough because it's. You're never going to get anything real out of anybody if you just want them to be the way you want them to be. So it's this is all you're going to get, and then you're never going to get any <laughs> type of reality. It becomes a performance. It Ex- becomes everybody's exactly. performing exactly. what they believe is the correct thing what to is, say. What is the right thing to say? You shouldn't say this. You shouldn't say this. You know, obviously, yeah, and we know what the wrong things are to say. And like I said, I've said the wrong things before, too. But mm. anyhow. Um, right. Um, it's just, like I said, it's... Uh, I wish and I hope and I, I'm faithful that these people really open up their eyes and listen to my story, listen to the reactions that I've had. This has hurt me and my family so much. And we're not out here to throw some innocent person in jail. We're out here to throw a criminal in jail. I am for justice, whether it be for me or against me Mm. if you're one of those people then that means if there's something i've done wrong then there must be justice against me as well Mm. but if there's something i haven't done wrong and in return i believe justice is in favor of my uh, of what i should have so i think there's a good quote by someone like i'm for justice no matter who it's for i'm for truth no matter who tells it Something absolutely, like that. absolutely. Well, I okay. I, I want to get into a little bit of uh, yesterday on the day recording this. Kamala Harris was confirmed to be yeah. the VP pick for for Joe Biden, um, which is historic. And I, she has had to work her butt off and be very ambitious to gain positions that have got her there. Um, and the way that I I think that you and her have been in my mind have had some similarities are that. Um, no matter what people's like, you both have a record of, um, doing things in the community such that if you're looking for reasons to say Isaiah Wagner is a bad person, you might find a thing or two. You might be, you might, and if you're looking for things to say, Kamala Harris is, has a terrible history, you will find a lot of things. But I also genuinely believe from, from knowing you and from being at lots of events that don't get covered in, you know, that don't get covered in the same way that you are also have a real immense track record of, of putting out love, positive energy, um, being, having a strong voice for issues that affect marginalized people of many communities. Um, and that's also the case with Kamala. So like my thing is like some people think that you're intimidating, which they're probably kind of racist. Like, (laughs) I don't know, like not in every case, because you're like as goofy and as warm as bubbly as kind as 
I can imagine a person being. Well, I, I can appreciate that. It's, I'll be completely honest. I'm so honest with so many people about this. As a man, we have to be what people grew up with seeing men to be on TV. Not what the men they saw at home, hmm. necessarily, but the men they saw on TV. What is that that's um, before black culture was really around and they would show a, re- a responsible, reasonable black person on TV? It was commercialized cowboys, strong, mustache strike a you know take a match you could strike it in your hand type of guy hmm. you know the wrangler guy the joe campbell guy all these other all these guys with burt reynolds these you know what people put in their image for what a man is and what he's supposed to be doing right and that's where we go horribly wrong as as a society yes there are some men that are supposed to be tough they are tough for a reason, and they're going to be tough. But there are men that aren't tough, that are sensitive, that are soft. I'm not saying I. I, I believe I'm a. I'm right. I'm right in the fine line of the middle of both of those. You know, well, that's, there's, there's sometimes I could be this, or sometimes I could be this. But the hard thing about that, it's the stigma of, and we can be clear about this: white people and black people are. are have grown in the society to be scared of black people. Absolutely. And it's on both sides. It's on both sides. And and we unconsciously, we do that. So me if being, I had a purse right now, I'd be clutching it. <laughs> but on the, on the serious note of this, it's just, I grew up in this, in this town, for four J school district, Lane County, Kalapuya land. Um, I grew up here being one of the only black kids within the school system that I was seeing at the time. There was a couple handfuls here and there. Any other black kid will tell you. If you went to a school here, unless they were, you know, your cousins were there or, or anything like that, most of the time it was a couple of kids here and there. You can really pick them out. And they're not all in the same class. So you know that if you're in this classroom, you're pretty much most likely the only black kid in that classroom. Not in the school but in that classroom. So a lot of the times I didn't see people that look like me and I was bigger than a lot of kids. Mm. So a lot of the things that if kids were, Oh, you know, he scared me. They would have to come and not talk about why you shouldn't be scared of Isaiah, but Isaiah, what you can do to be less scary. You know what I mean? And so those, those are things as a kid that I want to listen to because I don't want to be scary. Yeah. Teach me how to not be scary, but it's not, I don't get it. He's not benefiting from any of it except for just telling me how to be. You're not teaching other people how to be around a black man who's bigger, who might have a a little bit more bass in his voice. Mm. But if I've not shown to be aggressive in any type of way of, of physical or anything like that, then there's no reason to be scared of me. So, you know, I've always went through that stigma and then always, you know, like I said, it's just be tough be that type of man stature figure and don't have these real feelings. But it's, you know, that's what drives men crazy because mm. we keep that so bottled up. And it's just, we have to be this person. And sometimes we just don't want to be that person. Sometimes we got to break down too. Yes. And we have to, you know, get real with ourselves and, and get more on our sensitive side to really open up 
some of the things that we're feeling and, and going through in, in order to re- to release. Otherwise, it's really going to uh, you're going to see yourself act out in other different ways that right. aren't that aren't healthy, that aren't healthy. Drinking excessively, you know, violence um, or, or anything else of the sort that is unhealthy for people, you know, so. Um, well, I think when you talk about there's so much to say about what you just said, um, this illogical othering burden that it puts on you to say be less scary is very similar to what a lot of women and girls are told about. Uh, don't go get don't get raped. Don't uh, wear something right. that's going to uh, attract attention that in that way, like and the burden that, that's never going to solve problems that are these large problems of racism, uh, of rape culture, of um you know gender vi- gender based violence because you have to stop the problem at the point of the perpetrator <laughs> you can't right. put the burden on the person who is uh potentially going to be a victim um yeah there's a lot of of awesome stuff that you said there there's a there's a guy named Jackson Katz who has made two documentaries called Tough Guys and it's spelled tough g u i s e and it's basically all about how masculinity has been constructed to be a mask that that, that men put on, mm-hmm. um, that they're taught to put on, um, that can that damages everybody involved. It does not right. just damage right. uh, women or you know gender nonconforming people or gender minorities of any kind. It damages the men. Right, right. Well, I mean, and me, I grew up with different figures that I thought were men versus the one that that other people had features of looking at i mean kobe bryant was one of them uh dr martin luther king was one of them gandhi was one of them these are guys that are um you know rebel they're they're rebels in their own right they're unapologetic with what they do and um they've they've shown a track record of peace and love for the majority Mm. and so um and there's so much more out there that you know that that inspired me. But right. when I think, but of, also, and then also my who father, have, you know, who have been critiqued and who have, um, you know, made missteps over the course of lives that that were under the microscope, um, real missteps that were real. And I want to ask you because some people are, uh, I worry too much what what uh, criticisms will be. Yeah, no, please, please, please. <laughs> some people will Say probably it, be like. Me. Why are you doing this interview with Isaiah and you're not even being tough on him? Um, like Good there have been criticisms of you, and I want to know mm-hmm. what have some of those been, and what where have they been the most valid? Um, I think the criticism early after I gave my speech were were the most valid. It's just it's being misunderstood is the biggest. Um downfall to any any person in the spotlight it's just being misunderstood it's just is the worst thing one of the worst things to me and and which i often am to some Mm. not to all but um i don't really think that any form other than the 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 business that i said about the the twerking thing right the um comments i made other than that, I, I really don't see any um, any reason for criticism. And mm. to be completely honest, people, I mean, most of these people listen to rap culture music. Most of these people 
have found themselves saying things that they probably shouldn't have said, you know, telling people that they have small dick in- energy. Mm. Same people saying don't sexualize women mm. will go over to a man and tell him he has small dick energy. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm. So it's just, let's let's be honest about what's, what's going on here. You know what I mean? Let's be completely honest. Um, people say stuff tongue in cheek sometimes yeah. that happens. Yeah. And we need to be able to move forward. We need to be able to press forward when it comes to these certain things. Cast the first stone if you've never stinned. Mm. And I love it. Do it. Well, Show me one person out there. Show me one person that hasn't said something. For people who don't know about that, which um, you gave a pu- very public apology at a fairly large event in Monroe Park about it. Yeah. I was there for that. You know, you and Clea hugged after it. And um, you said, I'm a man in the wrong. And you uh, you presented it as something that, you know, the way you represented that mentioned twerking at the biggest um, Black Lives Matter rally that Eugene's ever had in that way that you mentioned it, you didn't feel was the right thing to have said. Um, basically what he did, though, and, and I told you this not too long ago, is that here's a little part that gets lost from that conversation, is that twerking... So basically what you said was uh, you see black culture on the, you see us on the TV screen uh, and uh, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than a black woman twerking. Am I right? Am I right? And then if every black girl turned around, around, we would know why black lives matter, which was the, which was the meme that's been shown for so many times. Right. People seen that meme before. And I've always thought that that was, it was, there's some things on the internet that are gold that really people <laughs> laugh at, but they're still, they slip a lot of people's minds. Mm. You know, it goes over a lot of people's heads. I mean, well, they probably, a lot of those people, okay, it's Eugene, it's a majority white rally. And it's a lot, it's a very age diverse rally. It's not just oh, absolutely. young people. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of people probably haven't seen that meme before, seen that, that, that uh, presented in that way before. And so what I think is first of all that you have made an effort to listen to the people with that with the criticisms of you you've made you've talked about like um what kind of a world you want for your own daughter and you've talked about not wanting people to be objectified and sexualized but but twerking for a lot of eugene people who have never been in a room uh with a lot of black people twerking in it might not know from experience that it's an empowering thing like wet this wet ass pussy song that just came out with cardi b and megan the stallion like so there's there's the thing and i know it's challenging and i know that people perceive it in some way because you are a man and that you're expressing it in that way um but yeah, I know. I know what male privilege is. Male privilege mm. is is not a phenomenon. It's it's uh, something that's been around since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what, what people with half a brain know what male privilege is and what that entails. And so, um, to me, here was here was the real meaning behind most of it was that you go to these events. And you hear a lot of the same speeches Ugh. over and over and over. <laughs> over and over. I'm being completely honest. I don't have any formal training in public speaking. People are going to be like, that's apparent. <laughs> Got you on that one. 
No, I don't have any formal training on anything like that, but I'm not afraid of a crowd. I'm not afraid of an audience, and I'm not afraid to say what's in my heart. And I'm also not afraid to look at something and say, you know what, here's my opportunity. I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to try to attempt to make everybody smile around here because there might be somebody in here that hates them. Like, you know what, I do love black women. There is nothing more beautiful than a black woman. You know, mm. they might recollect with that. Um, mm. But like I said, I, I wish I would have had a better joke in context for that situation that was more public, polit- politically correct uh, for the occasion. I wish I would have. Because I could have just know said that on earlier the that Trust morning. Me, there's a lot of jokes I have right. within all of this. There's a yeah. lot of things that I can't wait to get on stage and just tell. And I, and I, I, bet, I bet I'll have a nice audience when I'm ready to tell it, too. But, you know, it might break a lot of people's hearts because a lot of it is going to be so real and in-depth. But it's just, to me, it's like, don't come to a comedy stage if, you don't, if, you don't, if you're not ready for it. Hmm. So, but I'm ready to give it to people raw. <laughs> did you know, like, early, just to give a little background, that you were going to give a little speech at that event? Or was it kind of, were you tapped? No, no. That's what I thought. And that's what people maybe not might not know either is that, in the context of Spencer had nothing to do with it. Mm, you know, okay, so people were just like trying to put it on them, and now, okay, you know, they're, they're they're two incredible individuals um, trying mm. to make trying to make the best with what they can do, right? Um, so, but, and, and and that's just what needs to be, you know. So think about the contrast between one of the most practiced, upright, proper mayor Lucy Venice like people to have a speech that that's prepared and that she knows she's got to like nail it because like she's been critiqued on a lot of issues recently. And you've got state Senator James Manning, who is like also very practiced in public speaking and has these like things about voting. You've got city councilor, Greg Evans. You've got people who are organizing the event. You've got M five vibe, Marcus Holloway, who is doing a prepared rap thing. And you've got a diversity of things, but they're all very well prepared. And then, you know, you're adding a, a different, tone to it and it's it's different and that that it's people just... you know i don't know a lot of people came up to me and said i don't remember anything that anybody else said except for your speech mm, in a positive way it's yeah yeah right. also in a negative way okay also in a negative way Valid. more positive I, I, like i said it's been this 75 25 split mm. and i think the margins kind of le- lessened to about an 83 17 mm-hmm. split now i mm-hmm. would say about people that have kind of i i understand what this guy is really trying to do and what he's trying to say right you know he he's not out here to intentionally mean harm right. by what he's saying you know trying to lighten the mood and stuff like that but i get it to me it's just what's the track record after was i was i out here publicly saying this or this or this or this no so if I haven't publicly came out and said all these other things, you know, you got to give it a break. What and, I think is people have criticisms that they've said in like little pockets of space, like I mentioned, that don't get to you. Oh, absolutely. Maybe you haven't heard them. And then everybody gets this idea that like you are some kind of monster and you keep showing up and doing activism. So they get more mad and they're like, how dare he keep showing up when like he hasn't addressed this blah, 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 blah. And... So where does this idea come from? And I and I we, we will get to other things that aren't just like, you know, reflecting on this, you know, your response to the negativity, but I think you do it in a way that's really sincere and so it's helpful. Isaiah is transphobic? Have you even heard that? 
I have not heard that. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Like black unity and Isaiah is like transphobic. I don't, I literally, is, too. is that what they said? Some people have said that like, like, so, so where does should, that come from? I should ask my trans sister if I'm transphobic. My Maybe trans they fucking should. Sister, brother, if I'm transphobic. Right. And that's how he would like me to say it because our relationship started out with him being a her. So he has asked me to say both. Okay. Identify as both male and female is what he or she would like to be addressed as so i like all pronouns for myself too i thought about rolling up here in lipstick and i was like oh i was gonna put a mask on it he's (laughs) that doesn't fucking matter um but yeah so gosh thank you that's that's like refreshing to know how distant like these rumors can be from like you know and i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to sit here and sell out with i can't be transphobic my sister brother is so I don't want to cop out with that because that's not what it is. I'm not a part of the the community. Um, I, I'm a, a straight male. I have a daughter and that's, cisgender you know, too. That's yes, yes. Um, I don't know all the. Here's the thing. It's so very new. Hmm. People need to realize this. I don't mean it's new in as mainstream in, in certain elements of mainstream culture. L- l- yeah, I don't mean to say it's new as in I'm not talking about uh, uh, people being um, uh, loving the the other race or same race or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that's very new. I'm saying the terminologies and everything like that that have come out for people to understand on a broader scale is very new. A lot of people will still haven't even chose to look or learn. Or maybe not even look or not on the internet as much. How how do you expect an older person to get pronouns that isn't on the internet? You see what I mean? Or it doesn't have a child that is part of the part of that community. So it's going to be harder for them to understand what people are trying to say when they're saying this or this or that. So there's so many people that are uneducated about it. We're not. I'm not in school learning that this is this or this or this i like i say all the time and uh, you know people probably beat me over the head about it but i gotta be real back when sixth grade i used to call people gay all the time Mm. that was just one of those things that you people did in middle school Mm. i wasn't the only one Mm. absolutely not but we were saying it tongue-in-cheek because it wasn't we weren't we didn't know any better Mm. had we have known better it would have been a different thing you know what I mean? So probably the school should have done a better job of educating and intervening in some of that. But also, I, there's some I, rebellious nature where if a absolutely. teacher says says to stop doing it, you're going to want to do it more. <laughs> well, absolutely. What I'm saying is that that's that's the society that we're living in. We have our children. Me being a child back in middle school, going through these things, going through saying certain things that you're learning now that are not okay not now but i'm saying you you realize and gain to realize and then you've learned mm. through your experiences that this is not okay or that's not okay or why that's shouldn't be said or why this should be said so people have to realize when it comes to all of that people are learning you have to in any educational form you have to practice what patience mm. you have to be patient with people if if someone's legitimately trying and they're willing to do everything to make you feel comfortable, 
Mm. Don't beat them up because they said, oh, he's over there. Don't mm. beat them up for that. Mm. Well, you can, you can say, you can, you can, if they've consistently said they, 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 and then they mm. accidentally slip up and say, oh, he's over there. Mm. It's going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? It's It takes some time to get you. They have to practice it. Repetition. They haven't been saying this whole their whole life. Like it, I was telling my, like I was telling everybody the other day. I was taught that when you say they, you're talking about a group of people. So it just it made me super. Um, it was it felt super strange to say they when I was talking about one person. Right. And I'm not saying they as in I I didn't want to say it. I was hmm. saying it's just. I'm like, oh, they are over there. And if I'm talking to somebody who doesn't understand that, they're like, what do you mean they? <laughs> right. You know, and so, and then, you know, obviously I can take that moment to educate them. But I'm just saying that it just, I was taught in school what they and what that meant as a okay. kind of as a group. So, like I said, you know, it. They School's have been to, teaching a bunch of stuff that we later are like, wow, they shouldn't have taught it in that way. <laughs> Well, um, well, you know, and right. and that's what what we're looking at on a state level, and that's what I'm saying. It's not just it's not just white people. It's not just black. It's all people mm. that don't uh, that that need the proper um, education on it. That's why I also Beautiful. believe that black people need to educate white people. Mm. I believe that there's mm. some people. It's not my job. It's not my job. Bullshit. And mm. I, you can say it. To, uh, you, yeah, bull. Shit, it is our damn job. Take the damn time to do it. I'm not mm. talking about silly questions. Obviously, if there is a silly question, you can throw it out the door that you don't have time with. But if you feel the need to do so, or if, you, if you're if you in a, a, a grocery line and someone says something that's not right to somebody else and that other person isn't big enough to educate them, educate that person. Step mm. out and say something. Say something that's right, real, and positive because it's spreading the word. Here's what here's what's happening while I'm hearing you talk. So, okay, there's a difference in the privileges that you and I have had in walking around on this planet. One of them is that I told you before we started, Bill Gates paid a bunch of money for me to get this elite college degree and then go to a, an Ivy League school to do graduate work to become a teacher at one of the most progressive grad schools after going to one of the most progressive colleges. That gave me pretty quickly within the first year or so a bunch of vocabulary and dexterity with these kinds of terms um, and with like knowing what kinds of statements are problematic to where in my head I want to correct you on a bunch of things. But I also know that you are a person who uh, does not have a four-year degree. Is that correct? I know. Yes. And that doesn't mean that you're ignorant. I'm not saying that, but I'm certainly saying that there are certain privileges that were thrown at me because I knew how to perform and walk a certain line, mostly because of how my parents taught me and, you know, certain educational materials that I had as a kid to where like teachers thought I was smart. So then you go down the path where, oh, this is going to be one of the smart kids and then they get the scholarship. And so here's why I think one of the things is about criticisms and about, about that we've been talking about you strongly believe that it's okay to not have all of those fucking um educational like like every little social justice um word that like or phrase or understanding 
and still be a part of the conversation. Like you believe that's okay to do if you have an open heart and are trying to learn and are trying to have real dialogue. A lot of cultural elements are telling us that's not an okay thing to do. You need to not talk, you know? And so like, you know, well, the, the, here's the thing. We can only do so much talking before we have to stop and listen to see what other people want to, mm. what other people have learned from it. There's right. a, there's a point in time where the teacher stops teaching and they hand <laughs> you a test. Sure. Would you learn from it? Would you gain from it? And then right. what are you going to put out from it after that? Right. So that's that's the biggest component. The fact is this: we can we can talk this talk for however long we want, but I want to know what you think. That's where I'm at with it. Mm. I know what I think, and I know what I know. Mm -hmm. But what do you think, and what are you going to do, and what's your actions about it? Mm. We we always want to talk about solution, solution, solution. Well, let's all get together and actually figure out what we can do about this. I believe in that. Uh, I believe in getting together and having conversations that are uncomfortable. Like, you know, you said, but also kind of tapered the statement that you said about, like, these things are new. And I know you're not saying that trans people have only started existing, like, t- 10 years ago no, or whatever. No, no, I know you're not saying that. But you're making me want to jump in and be like, two spirits are uh, indigenous people who embody both a male and a, a masculine and a feminine spirit. And this is not new. And it's problematic for you to say this. This and- is not new for American culture. Right. That's mm. not problematic at all. If you if you clearly believe that the gay, lesbian, trans, all of all of all of that community, LGBTQIAP2S plus, yes, yes, yes. What I mean, if you believe that that culture was thrown in our face, meaning people knew what it was mm. on a nas- on a huge scale of every single thing. And knowing intimately what all those meant differently, how to approach it and how to be correct with it. If you think that it was thrown at us that way, that way, you are completely and utterly wrong. They marginalized the LGBTQIA plus community for so long and they're continuously marginalizing them for a reason. They're not educating people on them for a reason i'm not saying it on them like they're a disease they need to be educated i'm saying they're not educated people to be proper to other people it's humanity it's mm. something that should be brainless for the common person mm. somebody like me it's brain brainless to me to see this person as this person wants to be seen it's just psychologically the way that we've been taught as american culture sure this is what we see a man and a woman Mm-hmm. That's just psychologically as we've all grown. And I, unless you grew into some different society that was really small based that you were taught all these different things about that, you know, those, those, those handfuls of people, but going through public schools, I remember doing the national anthem and saying, you know, under God, I mean, not the national anthem, but the pledge of allegiance every morning and saying under God and doing all this other things. I don't think they do that anymore. But I'm just saying, I don't know if they do in, at the elementary school level anymore. I'm just saying, school and curriculum changes. it wasn't even added until changes. the 50s. It One Nation Indivisible with Liberty and Justice for yeah. All. They didn't add it under God until the 50s. Well, it, it, I'm just saying it, it changes constantly. And if you don't grow up around something, it's hard for people to understand something if they're not taught about it. Here's another example of that, how it does change. 
and it does and it does evolve um and sometimes people will get left out of they didn't get the memo right and uh so a phrase that that used to be considered a very woke phrase to say is we're a nation of immigrants to recognize the we value of the immigrants but then people understandably were like hey let's recognize indigenous people more that phrase right, right. imply does more erasing of indigenous people um yeah. but you're right that that it is but that's a good thing and some people don't like being able to change for the better is a good thing you know and, absolutely yeah that's how you know you still have a mind <laughs> because yeah. you can change it right that's the beauty of it right do we not want these folks to change their minds and open up their hearts what do mm. we want them to do die and us be the only ones here <laughs> I, i'm being that's a real question if, if someone is yeah a bigot, i don't like the whole like someone's let's a wait bigot, for them to all die i'm just saying if someone's a bigot would you prefer for them to have a change of heart and a change of mind and become somebody that could be a friend an ally someone who open you know you're gonna gain beautiful. There's beautiful connections all the time. Um, gosh, I, I hate slipping on his name, but the guy that went and infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan, hmm. the the black guy that did that. Hmm. Um, he 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 went in there and and befriended them and got people to change their views on certain things hmm. by infiltrating them that way, being a peaceful guy. And um, I don't believe he died, but he he was doing that work himself. And so that's what I'm saying. It's you're talking to people that have no bearing to like you or even want to trust you or be ar be around you, but you're willing to have a conversation. You're willing to ask what the right questions first, because the thing is this, that's, that's why I also say to the people that don't like me first and foremost, why ask me the right question, talk to me about it. And if you're, a human to me you should you should be coming to me with f trying to forgive me mm. right i i come to people and, and try to understand why so i can forgive them you know and if they're sincere they don't have to say what i i need them to say in my heart to know because they don't know what's in my heart they got to say what's in their heart mm. they got to say what they feel for to be to be honest about it mm. so that's where you should judge the character of a person of a, a you know principles standards and and what they've really put out the body of work body of time so i love it well we're talking a little bit about changing and moving into the future and it's been a really interesting conversation about kamala harris like here's one thing i want my viewers to know just personally just kind of look into the camera and say this I don't know what I'm doing with this podcast. I just took six weeks off and I don't know what the future of it is, but I think I'm going to relaunch a second seat. I'm going to make a second season and it's not going to be called less stupid anymore because I want to have the opportunity to talk about my views on a lot of news stories that happen. And I'll probably do that as like a 10 to 15 minute segment before I sit down with people. Then I don't have to try to just like derail conversations and insert my opinions about recent news because News is overwhelming, and I want people who care about, like, who think that my opinion is, like, I don't know, reasonable or something um, to be able to hear what I say, but but I don't want to just, like, yeah, like, interject it into these conversations. So it's a big fucking deal that um, a woman of black and South Asian descent 
is on the ticket for a major party in this country. It's an it's a big deal. People who've been following recently that you know Joe Biden's trying to pick between Susan Rice and Gretchen Whitmer and Val Demings and uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms and um, like leaning towards a woman of color um, have made it sound like oh it's definitely going to be Kamala, but there's nothing inevitable about it. There's nothing inevitable about it that it was going to be Kamala. It's very, very, very challenging at any level for a person of color to get elected. Um, and I just, I mentioned a little bit before that you can find good things about her. You can find bad things about her, but when that is the case, do you think that like an overall perception of somebody who has a mixed record is going to be that they're great and ignore the bad things, or is it going to be they're a demon and they're a traitor to their community? It's probably going to be more that because that's the, you know, that people snag onto those. I honestly think that any black person that gets into a position of power is stuck between a rock and a hard place and they have to play to to other people's agendas to further be in the position that they're in. And it's tough to be authentic. It's tough to be yourself. It's tough to not be a carbon copy of anything else when you get into those type of positions. Right, People promise all of these things but when you have the creed of the democratic or the republican party weighing down on you you have to have your values in line with those values and so it's very rare we see independent parties come up and say i can have my own values to this or that and it's grouse rooted and i'm going to make sure i stand for this type of person you're always going to be pushing some type of agenda i do believe that and the there were tough times that she had to come up with, um, but I think that her being in California, I think that she knows how bad the justice system is. Mm. I know that she knows how bad it was because, yes, she was a part of the problem. Right. But, and, you know, what are you going to do? Not take the job? <laughs> what are you going to do? Not take the job? You're going to take this job and try to do it with as much integrity as you can. She opened up some amazing programs for people that helped a lot of people as well. Right, you know, to her, to her, um, to her uh, benefit. Um, She's done a lot of to powerful her credit, work. That's been should say. Yeah. Um, so to me, she went after just, the banks. She people are like, oh, uh, like Biden and her, like they're, uh, you know, they should be enemies because she like criticized him in a freaking debate, by the way. And it's like, yeah, people don't know that. Uh, Bo Biden was the Delaware Attorney General while Kamala was the California Attorney General, right? Attorney Joe Gen- Biden. Bo Biden. Bo Biden? One of Joe Biden's sons. Oh, okay. Who, rest in peace, I don't think he uh, is around anymore. Okay. And um, they were talking on the phone almost every day because um, they were going after... Uh, <laughs> They were they were going after the b- big banks and lenders um, for this foreclosure stuff and this um, corruption that was happening. Yeah, and they were offered a deal that Kamala was doing some leadership with this initiative of AGs um, from the banks, and they were like, "Okay, we're going to give you two billion dollars for California." That could be definitely looked at as a win. Is it billion? I think it was billion and not million. But what did Kamala do? She talked with the other AGs and said, that's not good enough. Like for, for 
all of the rampant unhoused situations that you guys have created, the predatory lending. And so she, she went to them and ended up getting a deal that was good for a whole bunch of states across the country and got them $18 billion instead of $2 billion. That's who this woman is. That is a part of who this woman is. So what, I, what frustrates me, is, and I get it, like people who want to criticize her and make sure that, that people who are very progressive know that she has targeted sex workers, that she has locked up like 1,500 people for marijuana, like the, they... they have to put out Which that is wrong. <laughs> right. Which is wrong. right I mean, we'll be real. <laughs> yes they have to say that kind of stuff uh, to get the message out but <sighs> i just worry i worry about this election and um you can't monopolize that and say that she is irredeemably evil you probably haven't looked at her senate voting history and seen the legislation that she has passed more so than some of her colleagues that she has voted on being one of the like the fourth most progressive behind only marky merkley and hirono ahead of warren according to progressivepunch.org so um have this argument have this debate um but i don't like you know, I was approached um, in a pretty condescending way by someone who basically seemed to assume that I didn't know about these um, very unfortunate elements of uh, Kamala's previous prosecutorial record. Um, and were like, sent me four articles and were like, you know, do some thinking about whether this aligns with your values. And that's fine, I guess. But I've just, yeah, like, let's all do, I'm going to reply and be, like, <laughs> and be like, um, you assume that I haven't thought about these things and there's a whole more, much more calculus going on. I, I agree with what you said about a black person in power has to um, get hit with both sides by both sides for a lot of things. And um, it's, it's really an interesting conversation because we do want better representation of um, people uh, in marginalized communities. Um and we also don't want to just say that by putting this in, like, you know, brush our hands and say, you know, things are fine because we have a person of color in office. Um, but, like, distinctly qualified human being, I believe she went from Alameda County District Attorney to San Francisco County and then to AG and um, just very intelligent, puts people who are doing extremely evil things uh, in many cases on their toes they sweat bullets when she's questioning them um and uh i guess I, i'm not gonna tell anybody how to vote but i guess i just wish people considered more wish people considered more um that like a lot of white people just don't understand what it's like to have to uh face so much racism that in order to run for office, you have to do things that prove to um, general society that you're not a fucking I, demon. I just wanted to show you this picture. So this is my grandmother right here. She graduated. She was one of the first black women to graduate here in the University of Oregon with her PhD in education right here. And then what's, she, what's her name? Her name is Gladys Motley. So that's her. And I'll then take a photo of it so I can put it on the uh, screen. That's Joe Biden right there. Wow. Yes, it and is. And so uh, my grandmother was uh, the president of Delaware State University for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And so she worked with Joe Biden directly on a lot of different things. Thank you for showing me that. Yeah. So my family is deep rooted with, 
with Delaware roots. Right. And, you know, this is... I love that my grandmother put this together because I don't have to prove much now, you know. Mm. Um, it, it it really digs into the, the history of my family's, um, where our ancestors, where we came from, mm-hmm. being slaves, um, uh, my grandfather marrying someone who was, a, you know, a, a, a full-blooded Cherokee and all that type of stuff. It's, it's, it's really good. It's really in-depth. It will it, it, it explains a lot about who I am and where I've come from on mm. my mother's side of my family, who is who is where I get my black from, black side. From. I'm glad you talked about that because the suspicion that Kamala gets that uh, it's something that a lot of mixed race people get. I'm mixed race. I'm half Japanese. Uh-huh. I'm half white. Um, I don't actually know my dad's European lineage all that well. There's a lot of things in my dad's history that I don't trust. <laughs> Like the stories have changed over time. Yeah, or yeah, I yeah. find out from my aunt is a little different. But I, I, there's some British. There's definitely some British, but I don't know the other stuff. I'll blame the bad teeth I have on the on the British part. Um, but there's like this suspicion because it's like people think you're not authentically a part of both of those or multiple of those communities that made you. Um, talk talk a little bit about your mixed background. So I am. Um black mexican and white my grandma is from orizaba veracruz mexico my grandfather's from new york uh, long island he's a uh, considered a gringo <laughs> and both of my grandparents on my mother's side um were black my grandmother is uh, black, and my grandfather's black, and um, of course, there's some uh, native blood that runs through our vein. But as it goes down the trail, it's getting minimal and minimal. So, but essentially, we're we, you know with the majority of a black on that side. So that's kind of pretty much what what put me together: Mexican, white, black. I love it. I love it. Race is. A human made up concept that's not real, but that has real implications on people's lives. Um, and it's beautiful to see mixed race people. Well, you, you know, and, it, it, that, so that, like I said, that was another re- way I experienced racism through the 4J school system. Mm. Out here, we don't have a lot of black women that I went to school with. So, course you're gonna like what you see which were white women there's a lot of mm-hmm. times that i wanted to date a white girl their parents weren't having it i even <laughs> i was in uh i was in the eighth grade and i went into a uh, garage with the with the family and you're good thank you and they um and the dad talked to me she brought some food that's awesome the dad brought talked to me and um Said pretty much, look, I like you guys. Well, first, he came up, he took my ear, and he yanked it as hard as he could. And it <laughs> hurt really bad. I was like, what the hell is he yanking my ear? And he said, it takes eight pounds of pressure to rip off the human ear. And then he said, I like you, Isaiah, but I don't think it's right to mix races. <laughs> and that was, you know, before when I was trying to date his daughter. And so. Wow. And many o- other experiences that I've that I've gone through, but... I say that, you know, 
just to let people know, you know, it's it's out there. It's just undercover. It's so undercover when it's out there. And there's only a few times we can get a glimpse of those things. But being a child in my position, um, who's going to fight for you? You don't know what's right or wrong when it comes down to that. Absolutely. Um, as your wonderful partner, Chantel, who is the newest member of the police commission, uh, with three other very wonderful people, uh, made us these awesome cookies. So thank you. The things that sustain us in the world also sustain our thinking and our growth. And there are two more topics that I want to uh, definitely hit up, hit on with you. And I'll let you choose which one you want to go for first. Music and your aspirations for public office. What do you want to do? Music first. So we've got this Bob Marley poster behind us. And, you know, the first thing that you said to me when we met in, in real life, because I've gone to a few of the events that you were doing leadership. Um, and so I knew of you, but then you and I added each other on Facebook and you saw that I had a photo with Rakim, the God MC. Um, you might or might not know that I've got some hip hop in my in my background in terms of music that I've made, music that I want to keep making about oh, this movement, solid. actually. Thank solid. you. Thank you. That's kind. That's kind. Especially because back then I had an even more nasally voice than I do now. <laughs> um, it's so important to, like, I have a episode that's going to come out soon with Aaron Dixon, uh, the Seattle Black Panther Party mm-hmm. uh, co-founder, and he and I were talking about the musical influences Did you get that, that time. together with Moses? Mm-hmm. When he came down, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Moses, uh, well, M- Moses b- bringing him down led to me being able to reach out to him. Nice, um, good. good. And even whether it's political or not, because the personal is often like just feeds who we are. That becomes political. Like, what's on your playlist? What what motivates you and what keeps you going? Oh man, there's no wrong answers. Oh, I know. I know. I I remember you said you were going to ask me this question, and I just wanted to say genre. Mm. Genre, because it's just so tough to... I'm one of those people that I love music. There might be a day that you come in and I'm listening to Pink Teeny. There might be a day you come in and I'm listening to Frank Sinatra. There might be a day you come in and I'm listening to you know, uh, Jack Johnson. Okay. There might be a time when you come into, and I'm listening to the Eagles. I'm listening to Billy Joel. And then I'm listening to juvenile. I'm listening to the hot boys. I'm listening to, uh, baby face boys to men, Bob Marley, uh, black thought most deaf. I'm listening to, you know, some fiery cats out there. Uh, one of my favorites, Cassidy. Okay. Um, of course, Rock Him, uh, Big Daddy Kane. I, I love Ugh. all them. And then there's times where 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 I'm listening to Toby Keith and, and Kenny Chesney. I like country music. I fuck with Dirks Bentley. I don't really know Dirks Bentley like that, but okay. you know, I've listened to Alan Jackson. I've listened to Willie Nelson. I've listened to Johnny Cash. I've listened to. Jason Mraz, Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson. I mean, the the list kind of goes on. I mean, Atlanta Morissette, Ava Levine, 
I used to listen to. I love Britney Spears. Oh man, hit me, baby, one more time. Oh my gosh, I love Britney Spears. I love NSYNC. I love it all. So that's it's just it's hard to really really gauge what's on my playlist because it's so ubiquitous. Mm. So you're gonna find a mixture of everything and things that you thought that you didn't even think of. You know, like I'm blue, I'm a diva. You'll be upset by some of the things that are on mine because it's just so wild and, and out there. Yes. And I love the Beatles. And, you know, me oh. and my daughter's favorite song is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Wow. So if I had a daughter, we might even we'd consider naming another daughter, considering naming her Lucy just after that song. Wow. But there's just there's so many different things. I love it all. I love classical music, too, as well. I love, uh, I love uh, jazz and John Coltrane and uh, Miles Davis and... Louis Armstrong, guys like this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Thelonious, uh, Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Monk, excuse me. Dude, you mentioned yeah. the name Lucy, and it's a beautiful name. I just made friends with someone named Lucy. Shout out to Lucy Catherine. Um, but I ran uh, for office against somebody named Lucy, and uh, beautiful name. Yeah, it's a good name. And I sent her the Kendrick Lamar song "All Right." I don't know if you've heard of that song. We gonna be all right. <laughs> no, pretty ubiquitous, right? And uh, I sent her the video. I sent it to her uh, in an email and Sarah Mandari, the city manager. But I made sure to clarify. This was because I was trying to get her. So I sat down with Lucy Venice uh, in September of last year, and we had a one-on-one chat for an hour. And uh, I really wanted to know what hip hop she liked and she just didn't have an answer. And that was honest. You know, she's in her sixties, possibly seventies. Yeah. And so, and she basically said she's got respect for the genre, but she doesn't. Did she say what music she liked though? Um, See, that bothers me and said, it's just, if you don't, t- if you don't have the answer for what you, if you don't listen to hip hop, tell us what you do like. Good point. I don't I think she did because it was towards the end of our meeting, and I and I literally didn't ask much about music. I just asked about because she played piano course, in yeah. one of her videos, and I just asked about hip hop. But uh, I I made sure in the email to be like, I'm sending this to you because I think it's really important, and I think it, you know it was a chant that like Black Lives Matter like 2015 events a lot. Like we gonna be all right. K- Kendrick Lamar's uh, the Black of the Berry. That I mean, that's the song that everybody needs to listen to. Right. Everybody listen listen to honestly just I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015. Everybody just needs to listen to Kendrick Lamar albums. But I told Lucy to be honest. Don't take this as a diss because he says the evils in Lucy was all around me. And I want to yeah. look at answers. <laughs> and he like he uses Lucy as a like Lucifer kind of term there for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um or a loose cigarette. The cool thing you may have seen if you're watching this on YouTube rather than listening to it only. You're the homie, by the way. But actually, the audio is this live are, right now. No, no, it's oh, not okay. live. <laughs> but um, if you're doing that, you're seeing that the 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 bar at the bottom that you pick what time of the video or it shows how far the duration of the video you've gotten through, um, has been changed by YouTube and it's better. It's in chunks. It's in chunks now. You can make sections, um, and p- some people are gonna click right to this section because we're talking about Lucy, the mayor of Eugene, uh-huh. who was reelected in the primary. Um, but can still face a write-in challenger on the November 3rd right, right, right. ballot. Um, she's a tough cookie to beat in terms of the she's grip that she's got around the um, electorate. But I know that a lot of um, people um, 
we're frustrated by the fact that, first of all, these primaries happen in May. A lot of people don't know about them. Oregon's is at a different time, much earlier than a lot of other people's as well as later than some other states. And so people don't even know that like the top office for Eugene can be effectively sealed up by having only one person be on the November ballot if they win more than 50% of the May vote. And so some people have been like, man, like there's some city councilors who we'd love to unseat. There's a mayor that we'd love to give more of a challenge in November and looking for people to run robust write-in campaigns. Enter Isaiah Wagner. <laughs> I enter um, a movement that has um, given you a name that is known in the in many parts of the community. Um, and so what leads you to make this a fight that you want to try to take on? So there is no opponent. I'm running for mayor. It's just the seat I'm running for. Mm. You know, I want to be clear about that. And... What made me chose to do this is because I'm a normal guy from Eugene, Oregon. I've stated this so many times. I've I was born and raised here, went through Willa Gillespie, Cal Young, Sheldon, and then graduated from South Eugene High School. Played ball with most of the people out there. If if any of your kids are around thirty, probably around thirty-five to twenty-five, I probably played ball with some of your kids. Um, here locally, I might even know some of your kids locally. You may know me, and th- that's a that's a big thing that I'm authentic. You can re- reach out and touch me, and I I know this city intimately. I rode the bus from about eight years old till I was about eighteen years old for about ten years. Every single bus, there was times that I went from the Lane County Fair bus stop running at eight. The fair got over at 8. I missed the bus and I had to walk from Lane County Fair all the way down River Road uh, to, to Santa Clara every area. And so, it's like an hour or more. I've walked through this, I've you know, in many other times. But I've walked through this town. I've walked through this. And I've seen many different things and heard many different things. And the reason why I want to be people's mayor is because this is my home. This is where I'm from. I want to do things now i want to be that person who's not going to be a a liar or be that person you know i honestly wouldn't have an issue with people you know jumping all over me for being honest Hmm. i want to be honest with people I want to be super transparent about every single thing that goes on, and I don't want any jargon involved. Hmm. The common person must understand everything that's going on intimately. It's got to be a one, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. If it can't be boom, 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 people get bored with it after the sixth page. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm just saying... Things need to reach the common person. I'm tired of being in the working class and being shitted on for so long. Being Mm. the backbone of this country when there's other people out there with deeper pockets that can afford more. Mm. I'm tired of these budgets that are super overzealous that we could be chopping here and there. Not fundamentally taking jobs away, but taking some of the equipment that they have away in Mm. certain sectors of everywhere to open up funds 
for new things that we can see on the streets. Hmm. Um, and well, being I honest like, about it. And someone, you know, here's the thing. The mayor's never going to say this, and this could probably shoot me directly in the face. But it's wrong that eWebs is a monopoly. It's completely and wow. utterly wrong. They're trapping people in. They're boxing people in to this is what it is, and this is what it's always going to be. I and had people play guessed- into that. Kate Davidson ran for city council and said, you know, people should be empowered to, you know, put up solar panels in their roofs and get off of the grid and be able to. Power oh, it shouldn't down. be illegal to even collect your own rainwater. I mean, come mm. on, if this is f- if we're free, let's be free. Mm. To 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 the degree of 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 those petty things, you know, there's well, so many petty little things going on. I just like I said, there's not everything. As a mayor, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, we're going to be in a utopia as soon as I get in there. But of course, I'm going to look at the intimate things that I can change now, and I'm going to. St- stick on it and be spearheaded on that and i'm going to keep pushing at kate brown Hmm. and if we can't get her to listen then we'll call her out with and make sure that there's transparency with her this is what we asked for this is what she's not doing Hmm. but this is the truth of it it's not some political commercial that i'm trying to advertise you to Hmm. no this is this is just facts okay these are the facts well there's something that's going to be a reflex for some people and it's going to be easy and it's going to be like to say that like, you know, basically your message is like for the common people and they're going to be like, this person doesn't even like know the int- the intricate details of city policy and stuff like that. Like That's a lot. But, but um, you know, like MUPTI, multi-unit property tax exemption, all these a- acronyms that are related to city ordinances and policy um, are handled by the city manager anyway. In this form of government, the mayor is in very much my opinion, and I (laughs) remind myself of when I was campaigning. I thought I would stop talking about this. The mayor is a spiritual leader. The mayor is somebody who is a uh, strong, good communicator in the community, who, who who uplifts people, who has soul. And again, I'm not saying that that, that, that's, you know, totally not present in the current office right now. But I am saying that that criticism is rooted in a whole bunch of interesting ways of thinking that are not necessarily tethered to the truth. If you've been in those rooms and you've been to those meetings and you know what they're talking about, it does take somebody who can cut through the noise and cut through the correct way to do things in order to make real change happen. Eugene needs to be shaken up. Because there are a lot of people who move here and they I want it to people, stay the same. There's a lot of people who move here. That's that's the thing. They move here, they go get their degrees somewhere else, and they fa- they find a smaller society to, to come into. And then they want to push their agenda on on what they think that Eugene is all about. Or I mean, Sarah Madari is, is, is from Eugene. No, she's not. No, she's from Texas. Lucy Venice is from Eugene. No, no. she's not. She's from Vermont. I believe she's from New York, but I think she might have some roots in Vermont. I think it's Vermont. Okay. I should see the Vermont. Yeah, it's, I'm almost certain it's Vermont. You could challenge me on that. <laughs> we have Google nowadays. They're Anywho. certainly not, either of them are not close to Eugene. <laughs> I'm not saying this that I have a problem with them. That's not why I'm saying that. I'm just saying that I would love to have somebody as myself that is from here that has been born here, that has seen where this, where I've seen exactly what they've seen for the amount of time that they've lived here. I've seen the the exact same growth and the exact same Mm. when it comes to that. But I know it more intimately because I was born here. 
Well, you we, know, I went through the school system here. They didn't go through the school system here. They didn't go through the healthcare system here. It's you know, totally rarely, true. Rarely, rarely. They haven't gone through the... I, I've been locked up. Have you been locked up? How can you tell me what it's like to be locked up if you've never been locked up? How can you tell me what it's like to be on the street if you've never walked them or slept on them? Mm. You know, we got a lot of places. What is it? The low barrier, low barrier, low barrier, low barrier. You know, homeless shelter, unhoused shelters need to be built now. Mm. Facilities for cahoots need to be funded now. These are yes. things we can't wait on. Chris Pryor, one of the council members, basically said, you Facilities know, can, for looking glass, women's space, mm. need to be funded now. Right. Teachers in Lane County need to be funded now. They actually argued, Pryor argued that White Bird can't handle uh, a rapid increase in staffing and budget. That, that's, 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 that's what we've been told, but that's what I'm saying. It's go Before the funds would even be there, it's making sure that these response teams would want that. And so there's, there's a couple things that I know intimately that they're looking at a couple mm. things that... I can't really explain. Uh, I mean, I sorry. I can explain. I can't disclose. But there's there's something in the works for. There's I can't even disclose it. Well, you right. say that there's 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 plans for those type of things that have nothing to do. Just they have stuff to do with me because they want me to be a part of it. But it's something that hasn't been announced yet, and it's something that should be announced and, and and be on people's ballots and it's, it should be something really good pretty soon well so anybody who wants to know about another qualification you have you were put on this task force that was created yes. by the city of eugene yes talk yes. about that what's the task force doing um we, well we can't really come out with it until we all have all meet, meet and got through the you know orientation process and all that type of stuff so we haven't really gotten to that point yet. okay so we'll know but I, it's related I, to policing correct yes absolutely 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 um it's just that i don't want to misrepresent the the group any way shape or form without having the, all the intimate knowledge yet i haven't got the packet on yet or anything like that and so they're gonna send all that over within the weeks uh should have it next week so um, Do y'all know how hard it is to get on a committee or a board or a task force in the city of Eugene? You have to be either well-connected or busting your butt, and usually it's both. So I commend you for wanting to do that. Well, you know, here's the thing. There's a, there's some people that, you know, have, have issue with it because of the, the words I've said in the past. Hmm. And so I've had to deal with some of that flack already. It just it, it it's hurtful because I really really want to see this community succeed so bad, and I don't want to be bound to the choices that I made or things I've said tongue in cheek in the past. You know, I want to be bound by what can I do for the future to help people, and so this is something that I really feel like I can help people hmm. all my life working with kids that i do now and i I work in the financial institute as as well i've just known what it's like to to be in that position and be so misunderstood that i've always wanted to be a juvenile parole officer to to help kids be understood to say hey look i get it i was like you i was someone who talked in class i was a class clown i gave teachers a hard time when i shouldn't have Hmm. but there was time that I, I I remember that change in high school where I showed teachers complete respect. I was, you know, and so I wasn't a disrespectful kid. I mean, I, you know, I have teachers that will speak very, very kind and fond about me now um, till this day. 
It's just that, like I said, there were some times that you're not an angel to everybody. Right. But you should have always have the opportunity to reshow yourself in a, in a, in, a, in some, in some regard. If we believe in rehabilit, if we believe in rehabilitation <laughs> as a society, if you can't get over the words that I said, the words I said, think about this. How are we going to ever get over those people that have just got out of jail that have maybe stole from your grandmother or did this or this or this or that? Are we going to throw them on the streets and say, hey, you can't live here, you can't rent here, you can't work here, you get can't do any of these things? So it's walking a very fine line of where we want to be as a society. Are we are we willing to forgive? Are we really to, are we willing to see these people rehabilitated? Are we willing to give a second chance and opportunities, and not just a second chance, a third, fourth, fifth chance? Because people make mistakes. That's what people do. Right. I'm a man of faith, so I do believe that people will live with sin, right, and commit sin and learn from those sins. Whether that you know whether that happens now or later, so that's that's just how I've always looked at it. So, like I said, you know, hold me to the man that I am. Hold me accountable to the person that that I that I'm trying to become as well, and that I'm also trying to per, put out there, project in the world of love and peace, of real uh, real unity, and and connecting this. Um, this city that we live in together by helping out the homeless community, the unhoused community by helping out affordable home care for everybody. So they don't live in a, in a, in a place that all of a sudden thinks they are New York hmm. by, by these places that we're building and constantly now renting, now renting, now renting. Why do you think they're now renting, now renting, now renting? Because a two bedroom apart should never cost $1,800. <laughs> you build those type of places right. here in Eugene and you can't even have people that live in Eugene afford it. Absolutely. You see what I mean? So that th- those are problems that we're dealing with and facing today. Right. You know, you can't just sell to a small minuscule amount of people or ask people to say, hey, look, every two weeks, most people that are working class, they're bringing home like an $800 check every two weeks. So right. if your rent is, eight, you know, 1600 bucks and you're splitting it with somebody, that's one check gone to rent. Now you have your, if you have a car, now you have your car bill. If you, you got a phone, you got your phone bill. Yep. You have utilities. Those three, Those three before utilities, you before wanna, Wi-Fi. Like, you want to watch TV. Life comes with so many bills that we're pretty much working just to pay those bills. And that is not the way that we should be working or living in this society or this nation. We should have more than what we're getting. And we should be able to have more time at home with our families as well. I mean, like Dave Chappelle said, the first thing he would push if he was in office is three-day weekends, and he would push hard for it. Oh, I've been wanting that. And I'm just like, that's a no-brainer. That is a (laughs) no-brainer. Because so many people could do their job that they think is shitty and hate to go to. I'm not saying mine are. I'm just saying so many people could do those jobs if they felt like they had enough time away from those jobs. And three days will give you at least enough time to, you know, gather. Right. <laughs> so I'm not saying so, that I could do all those so type of things. Those are the things I'd like to see as changes. But I'm just saying there's things I would love to see need change. to go up across the board. That, wages needs to go up. The cost of living needs to go down. Taxation needs to be minimalized. 
not to paint uh, older generations with a broad brush, but a lot of people do like to look down and say, you guys have everything. You're so pampered. You have so many things that we didn't have. Yeah, we also can't go to McDonald's and get a burger for a nickel. Can't do it. Can't can't get a burger and fries for a quarter or whatever it was. So like if you look they're at right. the they're not they're not wrong. We are right. pampered in a lot of ways. Right. We live in the age of spin. We live in the age of uh, now as well. Mm-hmm. We want all of our things. Sure. And we want it now. Information is so, amazing. So I mean, whether you're getting a, a, a burger that's going to kill you uh, for a nickel or a dollar, it's still going to kill you. You know. So sure. the bottom line is this. The bottom line is, is this: Were you honest? Did you give a, a full-blown effort to help everybody or were you watching glaciers around you melt mm. and acting like it's not happening? Mm. Are you seeing these natural wonders of the world dissipate and acting like they weren't dissipating before all these other things came into into in, into our society? Right. So we have to be honest Right. We have to live in an honest society, and it's so tough because nobody wants to say it. it's, it's ugly truths. Except mm-hmm. Thaddeus Monk, the song Ugly uh, Ugly Beauty. Sorry, it's something that you... I believe in tough truths. Yeah. We get a lot of very rosy, uh, d- disconnected from the reality on the ground rhetoric the, from our uh, current yeah, ugly, city leadership. Uh, ugly and- beauties are truths that you don't want to hear that are true, but you need to hear it the most. Mm-hmm. And so well, people need to understand people that. Who, who will say like, "Why aren't you running for city council first? You literally can't this year. Your war, like you're no, you're my in ward, ward four. They're not up until 2022. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And so doing what you can, like everybody talks about, like this is a moment where you know we should like be looking towards the black community for leadership and to be looking uh, at them as people who can do these things. You're do, you're doing it. There's no need to pander to me. The fact mm-hmm. is this, am I qualified? Absolutely, I'm qualified. I've been here, I've raised here, I, I, I believe that I'm of a raising mindset. Raising a daughter here. Raising a daughter here. I believe I'm of a mindset to know that, you know, how things work around here. And you're showing up to so many events. It doesn't <laughs> like, take, yeah, it doesn't take a, here, here's the thing, if I'm willing to listen. I just don't care about people's opinions when they're not doing anything themselves and not showing up to things themselves you, you nearly get, as much. You get the, you get the right people in place with you as well. That's right. the thing where Trump also went wrong. You know, we see a lot of hiring and firing at the, at the, at the, the White House level. <laughs> so it's just, can you even get the right people in place to help you? Right. You know? So I shouldn't be in the. I'm not saying that I'm gonna have this huge board and all this. I'm just right. saying that I'm gonna have people in place to help me in certain aspects, so we can have the job done right. And That's I'm willing to be there to deliver the message. I'm also willing to be there to put my foot down and give you the honest reality of it. There I'm not go. willing to be a puppet man at all. I have to understand everything that 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 is going through. Everything I gotta understand intimately. I have to listen, and then I will speak how i feel on it and you'll get the honest you'll have an honest mayor i'm not saying that lucy's unhonest so people don't just dis- when i say it when i'm talking dishonest. about myself yeah sorry <laughs> i misspoke. So dishonest when i'm talking about myself i'm not speaking against someone else i'm not saying i'm a man yep. i mean she's not a man that's not what i'm saying i'm saying right. i'm a man because i am literally a man right so um that's what i mean it's just i'm gonna be someone who's honest 
I'm going to be someone who's willing to listen. I'm going to be making sure that we take care of our small businesses. I'm going to make sure that we take care of our, our, our unhoused community. I want to make sure that we take care of our housed community that can't afford to go anywhere else except for the place they're currently living. Right. And I want to make sure that we're taking care of our, 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 to, our teachers and our students and, and, and in crisis response workers to be paid fully because so many people want to fight the good fight, but can't fight the good fight because of the wages that they that they get in these programs so having the right type of programs in place and getting these people funded so they can actually do their job and have faith in doing their job because they're getting paid to do it the right way well there are not a lot of people i know of in eugene who are better positioned to take on the kind of challenge that that winning a write-in campaign is it's a big challenge it is statistically unlikely like i said in a comment it's statistically uh, unlikely but very unlikely things happen every day and i will say that if it doesn't happen this time around this is just an if right it's good to have a positive thinking um there is so much future. You talk about future. You talk about about a lot of very big things that that can be changed by somebody who has the ambition and the 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 the, the uh, I don't even want to say strength, but it is like a fortitude and a desire to keep persisting that you have. Twenty twenty two in this ward is represented by Jennifer Ye, who is actually one of my favorite Eugene city council members, to be honest, but is very quiet. <laughs> like in, in every way imaginable, like that's not a, well, like diss, I said, but I probably, does, does I'd probably not look at much. ward one. I'd probably look over at ward one. Hmm. Um, if, if I was really looking over to city council, because I think I, I can, I can help out. I work in ward one. Okay. Um, I've, Worked there for a while. You did just I've move walked here, up so and down. yeah. I've walked up and down those areas for a while. When I take my take my lunch and take my breaks, I'm always walking down there, seeing things, seeing what the businesses have to offer, and seeing different things. So, I know that area pretty intimately, and um, I know the people that are downtown at Keezy Square that are playing music and doing all the other type of stuff. I know how they're feeling, and I know how those business owners are feeling about certain things. So. To me, I think we could find a, a good um, a good compromise between all those folks to help out everybody. And so it's finding that right compromise for those folks and, and being that right voice in between that. Because, you know, like I said, they're going to respect somebody that goes down there, that's been down there, who they know. You know, so it's much easier to get work done down there when you can do that and, and, and make yourself available to do that as well. In, so. c- in city leadership, you'd be working in many ways um, in conjunction or you. the Eugene Police Department is part of the city. Are all cops bastards? I've been wanting to ask you that question. No. Sorry that it took so long. No, <laughs> no. All cops are not bastards. My daughter wants to be a police officer. What am I supposed to do? Look at her in the face and tell her that you're going to become a bastard by being a police officer? I'm not telling my baby girl that. I want to give the, you the chance system. to respond more, but I want to say really quick what, what my take on that phrase is. Can I say it? Yeah. So, all cops are bastards is a slogan. Slogans simplify things. And sometimes that's very effective. And alienate. Mm-hmm. And by leaving out truth sometimes. So, I don't believe that all of anybody is just about anything. Like, that's... I, I really don't like unequivocal language. What it does is it responds to a very real and frustrating um, counter argument that was made much before it, which is 
um, one bad apple, like, like these people are just a few bad apples and they will always say that like the tree is evil. Right. Right. So people who are say back of the blue and stuff, they'll say that, um, back the blue is bullshit. Back the Blue is, com- is a complete myth. Well, there you go. You Black just pissed everybody off. That's you myth. in a nutshell. You're seeking an accurate a, truth. I, I don't give a damn about any of that. Back the Blue is complete bullshit. You want to back somebody, back these Black Lives Matter that are actually out there fighting for their damn lives. Mm. Okay? That's what you need to back. Stop. Don't don't read into any of the, in, into the bull crap that you're seeing out there. The fact is right. this. It's a broken system that they're working in. And that's what that's what's bullshit about it. Absolutely, the system that that they're working into it, and they're just they're they're saying that since these cops are willing to be in the system and work in these broken systems, that they are bastards is what I've gathered from that. There's not right. one good cop unless they're willing to hold accountable all the bad cops and, right. and yada yada yada. But you to know, me, it's you're, a jumping you're, off point for conversations that are necessary. We but I do not like the phrase itself, and I understand why it makes people. Uneasy. I, yeah, uneasy. I don't. I don't particularly well, because, like, like that I said, there's a lot itself. of fa- there's a lot of family members in there. A lot of people. There's people that disrespect military men, and a lot of people are like, "Hey, look, my I have granddaddies that fought in the war. You know, I have I have aunts that fought in the war. You know, I've, you know, I have plenty of family members that fought in the war and served this country. And I know what a lot of these uh, a lot of my ancestors want this country to be and in, in what what it, what they want it to become to. So. You know, being out there and and supporting certain things don't mean that you're playing into this base or this narrative. It's just, let's get over this garbage. You know, that's the thing with any type of movement. You always want to categorize and tell everybody what's wrong and that, 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 that. People are going to get distant from it really, really quickly. They're going to get turned off by things that they find traditional values in that aren't wrong. But people are trying to tell them that it's wrong. It's like it's not wrong for somebody to want to wave a flag. It's not wrong it's not for that. Sale entirely yeah. worth throwing in the trash. You know, in many cases, if you want to wave your Black Lives Matter flag, like I would, like I will proudly wave mine. Let's wave it. We don't need to wave it in somebody else's face because they're waving an American white American flag. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We don't need to, we don't need to engage in all these silly like activities. You know. Hey, yeah, I, I support America too. That's why I have a Black Lives Matter flag. It's not that hard to to, to really um, uh, engage in the proper way versus the improper way. So, like I said, you can't marginalize, you can't alienate. We understand the system is broken. Let's try to dis. Yeah, I agree. I I would love to see the the system dismantled to be built up to something that we can actually that works for everybody but since we right. are descended able to from do slave that, catchers exactly. and that's it, that's been what we know they what do it comes in many from, cases yeah so. absolutely Abs- absolutely i'm not saying that in entirety mm-hmm. this is not a game of chess my boy silky booker says it's a game of checkers you have to understand that there's a strategic moves you have to do to do other things. You know, this move is not, it, it, it's significant to the next move that you're going to be making two moves ahead. So that's why you're making it right now. People have to play it that way. You can't jump all over the board. You can't do that. You don't have the opportunity to do that with life. 
and you'll find out very quickly or your numbers will start to depreciate because people can't get under something that they don't see anything that's really moving in it if it starts lacking the movement movement to it so that's why we got to be correct about what we're doing we got to have a clear message of what we're doing and we need to have expectations of looking at other things that are proposed and bills that are out there and mimicking those bills that get signed. How can we do it on a federal level? How can we do it on a state level? How can we hold DeFazio, Wyden, Merkley, Brown, get all these people together? How can we hold them accountable to make this happen here? You were on the if phone with DeFazio. If we can't make it happen here, there, 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 there. Yes, I was. I've if, never been on the phone with DeFazio. And, and I've met with and I met with Juan as well. Uh, Wyden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I call him R-Dub. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The homie R-Dub. Man, that no. guy's been our senator for a long time. Oh, I, I, I love him. I love him. Honestly, he's so genuine. He has a proven track record. And I wish, I wish that he would get some type of recognition to do what he could do because... He, uh, well, he's I, he's I, trying I to make great... cahoots nationally a model. Well, here's the that thing. Here's the works thing. out. I would love to make Ron Wyden nationally a model where we were voting for him for president. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that happen because, like I said, I think he's had a, a great track record that's been proven um, that he cares about people and he listens to them. I think Merkley and would so, be more more likely to run. I know because he's much younger and all that. But, but anywho, anywho, bottom line is this, man. The system is broken, yes. The police system is broken, yes. That's why I ask people what Camilla Harris did and championed with Cory Booker's and others and a bill that Ron Wyden supports is get into the Justice in Policing Act of 2020 bill. Please educate yourself on that and please ask your local uh, government officials to get on board with that. Oregon's already on board with that, so we need it over in Georgia, Florida, Texas. We need all these other states need to get on board with that, and Trump needs to sign it. Someone in office needs to sign this bill. Why? Accountability. No knock. No knock warrants. No banning chokeholds. Making sure that they have uh, the proper training in um, racial um, discriminatory situations. Um. What all about those tear gas, things. tear gas, the, chemical it, weapon. It, it's a like I said. If you educate yourself on it, it it removes uh, the the uh, militarized militarized weapons in police force. It, it reduces them significantly. Um, so, like I said, t- if you haven't read on it, man, it's not that long. Look into it. It's very significant. Something Camilla Harris had her hands in. And like I said, it's something that I think is very significant. I'm not going to get into the whole Camilla Harris locked up all these other people. I understand that. I understand that. Mm. But I'm just saying this. This bill is very significant. It could change a lot of the things that we want to see now. It doesn't It doesn't undo George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. It doesn't undo any of these things. Sure. It can help prevent the next one, though. Right. And that's huge. It's significant. I could cry right now over it if people could really understand. Why are we out here fighting if we're not pushing for this? This is a a significant step in the right direction because it can reduce so many incidents like this, getting them the proper training. 
getting the get uh, now i can't be in a chokehold anymore you know what i mean nobody can have a no-knock warrant broken window policing it fixes a lot of i'm not saying it fixes but mm. it holds the accountability there mm. dashboard cams and body cams required everywhere it's just it's all in this bill all laid out and it's just it needs to happen it needs to happen now that we have the technology now that these comp- uh police departments have the the funding it needs to happen national registry police to, need to happen it's just it, it's all to me brainless things that i would constantly push for and that's what i'm saying that's a step in the right direction well that's a step in the right direction one thing that we haven't been told by a lot of the oversimplifiers and what i call the mainstream corporate media is that There is support for police accountability in many diversities of communities, my friend. Like, it's not just, oh, like, not just black people. It's not just, like, leftists and and strong liberals. It's like, there are people who really believe that this is a liberty issue, that, like, the, the level of... Uh, power that the police well, that's have. A like, beautiful they're thing flying about, drones over peaceful events. Like this, like you can get more people to support accountability beautif- than you might think. That's the beautiful thing about chocolate problems. They always spill over to the vanilla side, <laughs> and it comes a swirl, and it helps out everyone. Oof. I'm being dead serious. Every single time mm. we step in to to say this is wrong or this is wrong X Y and Z. It helps out everybody. We get Lionel Richie. Helps out everybody. <laughs> I'm just Back saying. Music. You, mix, you mix it up a little bit. It yep. helps out everybody. Culturally. Fundamentally. Entertainment uh, levels as well. You know. You get to see a diverse NFL, NBA, MLB. You get to see all these guys come in and, and compete at the highest level. It, it provides that type of entertainment versus watching back when Jerry West was playing and you only had a couple guys here and there. You know what I mean? So when you open up the door for the chocolate people, it's going to spill over to the vanilla side and it's going to give you so much. What have, what have people gained from all of this? So much, so much culture. Justin Timberlake I mean, will tell you that Michael Jackson, seeing somebody like Michael Jackson made him want to perform and dance and sing. Mm. White people love Justin Timberlake. Schools get better when they're diverse because they become better learning environments. Absolutely. They become places where people are critically thinking more and more challenged and more learning from their peers. I wouldn't have been here hadn't have been for Dr. King and all these other people. All of these other activists that paved the way and my ancestors that paved the way for a white, for a black woman to be able to love a white man in a culture to where they could walk around and not get beat up. Not saying that it could not happen because it could have happened. Right. But I'm just saying they still were at a time that it wasn't as thick as we're beating and lynching right now in our in our very eyes. So they were able to be together. They were able to have three babies together. You know what I mean? And so it means a lot to me to be diversified, to be mixed myself. I'm not saying everybody needs to be mixed, but I'm saying, it, you know, we got to mix it up. I love As in, be together. Thank you, Isaiah. You know what? Usually I ask people as the last question, what's one way to all be, what's one way we could all be a little less stupid? But um, I don't want to do that because um, 
I think that that's not what the name of the podcast anymore. We're going to move forward in season two with a new name. Uh, we're going to keep a lot of the elements of the show the same, but it's well, going to be gonna more be the last informative. Question on the on the show because I want to I want to be mm-hmm. inaugurated in that way. <laughs> all right, what is one way we could all be a little less stupid? Oh wait, that's that's the question. But no, on the new show, that's not going to be the question though. Oh yes, that's true. The, what's going to be the 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 question? I don't know. I'll keep everybody. Oh, I don't want to. I accidentally almost quoted the president. Um, <laughs> that I don't particularly like the current president. I will let y'all find out on the, the, on the, the Broken Class podcast. I'm pretty sure I'm going to call it the Broken Class podcast. It's less alienating. It's inspired by how the my broken glass on my windshield from getting shot by the feds in Portland. It talks about how education and um, like class stratification in society is broken. Education is broken. And we're going to have broken conversations with people where they don't have to bring perfection you can be broken and we can talk and learn and have education uh through this medium because it's it's powerful and it's important um and do you have anything else you want to say slash do you want people to reach out in any kind of way do you have any plugs to do please reach out please please reach out um if you want a uh gotcha major look black lives matter hat please get at me i i know the gentleman that put those together and i (laughs) want to promote him mr joe russell did a beautiful job in uh, getting that out. So um, meant to look a little like a uh, "Make America Great Again" hat from afar. Yes, 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 yes. And I wanted to answer your question that you had. Please do. Go ahead and ask it. What's one way we could all be a little less stupid? Let these be smart, and let us be wise. Thanks, Isaiah. You're welcome. Been a pleasure. Peace. Yeah, that's how I make some shit that's better than some pros do. I don't know pro tools like I'm supposed to. Bad music with audacity, hope to. Just so y'all could be like that's pretty dope, dude. Naked talent like Will Ferrell in old school. Breaking out of the sill, Harry and Story 2. Uncle Vernon, the unfortunate dive down. I'm a long way from four private drive now. Several clowns that I shouted on my last shit. Let me down, feeling out of my compassion. I wouldn't call nobody out without a known fact. But task one on my automatic flow track. Straight did half of the shit from Jaron Benton. Now I'm here to vent and say at least I got all of my dough back. You returned the 80 bucks I paid to own your verse. But I still pressed a thousand copies of your stolen words.